is on our website. Wonderful. Okay, so we are going to jump straight in. We're excited to see what God has got to say to us as a church family. Um, But before we open the Bible together, why don't we pray? Lord, I pray that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that is fully open to all that you have for us today. Help us to perceive it and receive it, Father, we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, so just to recap, last week, um, Chuck um, spoke about the Israelites and they had been in the wilderness for 40 years. And it was a time for them of um, grief and loss, frustrations, disappointment. Um, They were in this holding pattern where they were stuck They were unable to travel. And then God spoke and God said, it's time to go. It's time to move on. It's time to step into a new season, a new promise that I have for you. And uh, we believe that that word wasn't just for Joshua and it wasn't just for the Israelites, but that word we believe is a word in season for our church as well today. God is speaking to us as a church that it's time to move. Um, It's time to cross over, to step into all that he has for us, that Jesus has ordained and the Holy Spirit is breathing on. God is speaking to us as a church. And so church, can I encourage you now more than ever before is a time to push and to lean in. Now is the time to embrace courage and pursue boldness. Now is the time to grab hold of expectancy as we allow the Lord to reveal to us something, a picture of something different. A picture of something better, of destiny and promise that the Spirit of God is starting to whisper to us. I also believe that now is the time to intentionally let go and lay down what we have known. What we have known in so many areas of our lives, but in particular when it comes to the church and gathering all physically together, all under one roof. Now, let me just say, I am preaching to myself as I say this, because it's not an easy thing to do, is it? But the truth is that we have no idea really how or when we're ever going to get back to where we were before COVID. Now, we're trying all sorts of things and we've got a lot of ideas and thoughts, but we honestly don't know when and how we're going to get back there. And what I've realized over maybe particularly the last couple of weeks is that no matter how difficult, no matter how painful, or even to be honest with you, excruciating it may be, what if instead of looking back, instead of reminiscing, Instead of hoping, instead of remaining stuck and just waiting for that day to suddenly appear, we miss out on what God is doing in our midst right here and now. We miss out on what he's doing, that there is a new season that he is calling us into. A new season full of hope and vision and promise that he has for us as a church. 
So we don't want to get um, caught just looking back, reminiscing and stuck. But instead, we have to be perfectly positioned in anticipation of all that is to come. And so today we're going to look at what are the essential things that we need to do in order to cross over, in order to step into all that the Lord has for us in these days and in these times. So we're going to read, we're in Joshua, as you know, and we're in chapter three. And actually today we're going to take it chunk by chunk. So we're going to read the first four verses, chapter three, verses one to four. So let me read them. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. So Joshua and the Israelites, they break camp and they go and camp on the edge of the Jordan. Now, there is only one thing that lies between them and the promised land, and that is the River Jordan. But unfortunately, there's a problem because the river is uncrossable. Verse 15 tells us, it says, now the Jordan is in flood all during harvest. So this river that probably at any other time of year would have been much easier to cross has become this raging river. It's burst its banks, it's swelled to this huge, powerful flood. It's incredibly deep, it's angry, it's got this overwhelming undercurrent. And there the nation of Israel are camped. They're right next to it. Verse two tells us that they spend the next three days waiting. They camp right there, Imagine just being there in that moment, seeing and hearing and experiencing the power of those raging floods. Imagine lying awake at night in your wee little tent by the banks of the river and all you can hear is the roar of the water. You see, they have spent 40 years waiting for this moment and now they're having to wait again. My daughter, uh, a few years ago, she invited a friend back from school for dinner. And as you do, you kind of check out what are the kind of foods they're happy to eat. And I was kind of going through the vegetables. Do you like carrots? Do you like broccoli? And she said, oh, I love broccoli. So I was like, brilliant, broccoli, not just broccoli, but we're going to have broccoli and other things, fish fingers or whatever it was. And so there we are, we're sitting around the dinner table and we're all passing the different plates of um, food over to one another. And I hand her the plate with the broccoli on. And I say to her, here we go, here's the broccoli. And she says, oh, no, thank you. And I said to her, oh, I thought you liked broccoli. I thought, in fact, I thought you loved broccoli. And um, she said, oh, I do, I do, but not enough to eat it. Now, for many of us, I think that's exactly how we feel when it comes to waiting. You know, the thought of it maybe isn't too bad, but actually, when we're actually in it, it's really difficult, isn't it? 
It's really hard. I find waiting really, really difficult. I'd rather be anywhere and do anything rather than have to wait. You probably feel the same. You know, we prefer instant, don't we? Instant online shopping, you know? Instant internet connection, instant communication. Yet sometimes God says, wait. He says, wait. Waiting when there is a longing in your heart is really hard to do. It can often be really painful, particularly when you're wired to do, when you're wired to get the job done. Many of us would have heard of the mantra, don't just stand there, do something. Well, God says, don't just do something, stand there. Stand there, wait on me, wait on we. Are we in a season right now, church, where we are waiting on the Spirit of God? We are actively waiting on him. Point number one, stepping into a new season requires waiting, waiting on the Lord, waiting on him, waiting for him to move, waiting on his timing, waiting in anticipation. We need to wait on him. We have to wait on him. We must wait on him because we have never been this way before. Never. And as we wait, we hold on to the fact that God knows what he's doing. God is in control. God is in charge. Even in this season, even during COVID in a global pandemic, God knows what he's doing. You see, for Joshua and for us, when we come to these crossing moments of our lives. We're not just waiting around. We're not just hanging out. We're not just killing time. We're waiting for God. We're waiting for him. We're poised. We're ready. We're looking for him to move. Friends, are we in that place where we're in anticipating the Lord to speak, the Lord to move? You see, for three days, Joshua And the people of God, they were camped on the edge of the Jordan River waiting for God. And then on the third day, Joshua's officers, they go around giving instructions to all the people about about what's going to happen. The air is thick with anticipation. The moment has finally arrived. Verses three and four. Let's turn to them now. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. God was on the move and so are his people. The Ark of the Covenant was to lead the way. The Lord would go before them, leading and guiding his people. You see, God was with them. And it was up to Joshua and the Israelites to follow him, to pursue his presence, to chase after him. They need him more than ever before because they have never been this way before. Oh my goodness, does that not resonate with us right now? But before this can happen, 
See what Joshua tells the people straight after in verses five and six, he says this. He says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. Point number two, stepping into a new season requires consecration. You know, God, he calls his people to holiness. For the Israelites standing on the edge, the banks of the River Jordan, this meant washing themselves with water and practicing the ceremonial rites that would make them clean so that they could come before God with clean hands and a clean heart. They were about to enter into the promised land and this was their opportunity to get right before God to examine their lives, to confess and to forsake sins and to devote themselves fully again to their Lord. The Lord's heart for us as a people is to be one of consecration, to be a people who come undone and are sanctified in his presence, where we are free to lay bare all that we keep hidden, all that we battle with internally, all the things that we carry. You see, on the eve of one of the greatest moments in history, Israel was commanded to be certain that they were clean and they were right with God. And so too I wonder if that is a word for us today. The Lord is inviting us into that moment. You see, as we stand on the edge of all that has been, and we look back, and then we look at all that is to come, we want to be ready. We want to be ready to enter into all that the Lord has prepared for us with clean hands and a clean heart. Maybe for some of us today, we know that we need to extend forgiveness to someone. Maybe the root of bitterness even has taken root in our lives. Today is the day to, re to release forgiveness, to do business with God. Maybe for some of us, we are in unhealthy habitual habits that are killing us on the inside. We've never told anyone what they are, but it's destroying us. Bring it into the light, confess it before Jesus. Tell someone you know and trust because the minute you bring it into the light, Satan does not have power over it anymore. It's a moment for us to get clean. Maybe there's been behaviors that have risen in us that we didn't even know were there, particularly during these six months of lockdown. We're like, where did that come from? Lay it before Jesus, bring it to him. You see, in the waiting, there is this beauty of consecration and sanctification where we can take off our shoes, where we can lie prostrate on the ground and we can pour all that we have, all that we are, all that we carry, all our burdens, all our guilt, all our shame, and we can lay it before Jesus, knowing that he longs to come. He longs to clean us, to heal us and fill us with his spirit. Okay, so let's read on. 
Verse eight, then the Lord, he says to Joshua, tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. Point number three, stepping into a new season requires standing in the river. There is a call on us as a church. Oh, getting emotional. We, we've spoken a lot about this over the years, but I believe it more than ever before. There is a call on us as a church to change, to help change and reshape this nation of Scotland. You see that even when the odds are stacked heavily against us, where our surroundings look bleak and impossible, it doesn't change our call. It doesn't change our mandate. It doesn't stop us, church. It doesn't stop us. You might think the call on your life is to lead worship. You might think the call on your life is to go and plant a church. You might think the call on your life is to be part of the kids' ministry or to teach or to be a parent or to practice medicine. You might think the call on your life is to write books or to be an entrepreneur or um, to go into politics or to maybe be a senior manager in the NHS or to be a childminder. But your call, church, is far greater than that. You might not feel it, you might not think it, you might not even believe it right now, but that doesn't change who you are. You see, you are called to be change makers. You were made to stand in the waters. You were called to go out into the middle of the river and see it part and freedom found. Don't hide who you are. Don't conform to what the world tells you to be. Don't water down the flame that is within you. In fact, right now, Lord, we say, will you ignite flames all over this region? Ignite hearts all over this region where we've lost our way, where we've forgotten who we are in you. Ignite it now. Ignite it now. The call of God is often too big, too hairy, too scary. And you know what? That is the way he likes it because it means we have to depend on him. His voice his timing, his power. So let's pick up the story again. And we're going to read actually from verse 11 and we're going to read all the way down to the end of the chapter. So it says this, See the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe, and as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is in full flood all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched those waters edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a great heap, a great distance away, at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zeranath. While the water flowing down to the sea of the Arbor, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground 
while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Oh my goodness, I love, I love, love, love that. You see, we see here that God, he doesn't hold back the water until they put their feet into the river. You see, only once the high priests have stepped into the river where they were totally and utterly powerless and having to completely rely on God, did they see a demonstration of his power. You see, waters part church when we step out in faith, when we place our feet in impassable rivers. When God goes before us, when he's called us, when he's appointed and anointed us, when he's told us what to do, what appears to be not only daunting, but impossible. And we think we can never do that. We never want to be the kind of people that just stay on the banks of the River Jordan. We never want to be the kind of people that remain stuck, waiting. Maybe we start waiting for a better time or a better place. Maybe we've got a whole bunch of answers, questions, sorry, that we want answers to. And the Lord isn't giving them to us. Maybe we're stuck waiting for the flood to subside. We're waiting for COVID to disappear. Because the river is going to carry on raging and we will just remain stuck. That's not how he's made us or he's called us to be. Please receive that today. That is not how he's made us or he's called us to be because we aren't giving God anything to work with. You know, he wants to partner with us. He wants to work in and through us as we take greater risks for him. Picture the scene. So everyone's eyes, they're on the Ark of the Covenant as they're positioned high on the shoulders of the priests who have just stepped into the river. There they are. The whole nation of Israel is gathered. There they are standing on the banks of the River Jordan, watching and waiting with clean hands and clean hearts. They're watching in anticipation. What is God going to do? And then suddenly somebody notices that the water is starting to recede. It's dropping fast. And then somewhere up the river, further up the river, upstream, suddenly the water's starting to heap up in a great big pile. And then you look down and you see that the riverbed, it's dry. It's completely dry all the way to the Dead Sea. And now the thunder of the river is replaced by the thunder of Joshua and the people of God as they cross over from the banks of the River Jordan into the promised land, into all that the Lord has got for them. Why don't we pray?